to U.S. Special Envoy to Haiti has resigned. Dan Foote said that the U.S. policy to Haiti is deeply flawed and that he will not support inhumane, counterproductive uh, decision to deport thousands of Haitian refugees. This is outrage grows among immigrants' rights campaigners as well as some Democrats over the Biden administration policy to deport thousands of Haitians back to a nation rocked by political violence, death squads, a recent earthquake, and political instability, including the recent assassination of the U.S.-backed president of Haiti, Jovenel uh, Moïse. By the way, what is often referred to for the most part as gangs, out-of-control gangs in the U.S. media in Haiti, for the most part, are really death squads that were backed or put in place by the former um, Haitian government um, that was headed by Jovenel Moïse and with the United States um, basically um, turning a blind eye to this while continuing uh, to put forward that these are just out of control gangs and have nothing with uh, politics. Now, these death squads were uh, made infamous during the brutal dictatorship of the Duvalier regime, Papa Doc and Baby Doc. And guess what? The Duvalieres are back in uh, Haiti now, and the party of Jovenel Moïse, um, really a lot of uh, Duvalieres part of that party. But on the deportations of Haitians from the U.S., the expulsion of Haitians is said to be the largest of asylum seekers in decades. Let us go to a clip now about a protest that took place in Miami yesterday. Now to the border crisis today. Thousands of Haitian migrants who have been waiting to be processed on the Texas border are being released into the U.S. are being sent back to Haiti. South Florida's Haitian-American community protested today at the immigration offices in Miami. And local tennis reporter Glenna Milberg was there. She's live now with what they're demanding today. Glenna. Calvin, they are demanding an end to those deportations. They are outraged watching the video of those flights taking people back to repatriate them to Haiti, which of course is in crisis as a country right now. And they're also looking for public support. Demands to stop the deportations. They are here in the U.S. already. There's a law for that. Haitian lives matter! For now, it's very, very bad the way they treat us. The border crisis is a local South Florida crisis in this nation's largest Haitian communities. America, this is your litmus test of humanity and empathy. We will get it under control. Despite the Biden administration's sudden and dramatic actions to send a message and discourage more, hundreds are being admitted into the asylum process. Like these young men we met at the San Antonio airport, headed to New York with immigration paperwork. Generally, those with relatives or sponsors, families and pregnant women issued notices to report within 60 days. Hundreds of others have been deported with no due process under Title 42 that allows expulsions in health emergencies like the pandemic. Get them vaccinated and then get them through the process. Harsh images of a border closure crackdown now raise questions of racism. The images of white officers 
on horseback chasing black men have echoes of the historical injustices suffered by black people in the United States. Those Border Patrol agents who are on those horses, they are on administrative leave tonight. That's according to the White House press secretary today. Meanwhile, the encampment at one point that had almost 15,000 people uh, down to 12 over the weekend. We understand that between the deportations and the people who are being allowed to come to the United States and make asylum claims that that camp is about half empty. They're looking to empty it by week's end. I'm Glenna Milberg, live in Miami today, Local 10 News. A lot of people are watching. Thanks a lot there, Glenn. All righty, and conditions under the bridge where the Haitian asylum seekers are gathered uh, is dark, wet, dirty, cramped, hot. Uh, many asylum seekers sleep in tents or just on the ground, surrounded by growing piles of garbage, <laughs> right? And um, the Associated Press is also reported that flights have arrived in Haiti from Sunday to Tuesday. President Biden has been roundly criticized uh, for this policy. Vice President Kamala Harris gave a, a mild rebuke, saying she expressed serious worries about the treatment of Haitian migrants by Border Patrol agents. You may recall that she made a trip south of the border to Latin America, basically telling uh, asylum seekers not to come to the United States. And meanwhile, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas he has doubled down on defending the deportations, claiming that Haiti can handle the thousands of people being sent back. He also claimed that what he described as misinformation is behind the attempts uh, by Haitians to enter the United States. And he also defended the deportation, saying the damage from the recent August earthquake in Haiti had been, quote, rather geographically limited that an analysis of the situation on the ground had determined that country conditions allowed for repatriations, in other words, the deportations of thousands of, of Haitians. But what is the truth to that and what is really the reality on the ground? I'd like to welcome back to Sojourner Truth Pierre Leboisier, one of the most respected progressive voices on Haitian politics. Pierre Leboisier has dedicated his entire adult life advocating for the working poor in Haiti. Indeed, he hails from Lakai, the part of Haiti in the south that was very hard hit by the August uh, earthquake. Uh, through the Haiti Action Committee, an organization he co-founded, Pierre Leboisier has tirelessly championed grassroots efforts to improve education, bring about social justice, and develop a stable democracy for the people of his native country. Pierre Leboisier, welcome back. Thank you very much, Margaret. A pleasure to be on the show. And Pierre, just a horrific uh, situation. Actually, before we uh, discuss with you the reality of what the situation is on the ground, uh, despite what um, Homeland uh, Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas has said. Um, I just want to discuss a bit this um, 
the referral to what is going on in Haiti as just gangs that are out of control because to portray it like that really hides the reality of what uh, the death squads that are back, the death squads that were similar to what went on during the Duvalier era. Um, and terrorizing the community, assassinating activists, etc. That's not to say that given the um, intense poverty in Haiti, that there are not uh, people who are just out there basically trying to, you know, make a living, so to speak, uh, with kidnappings, et cetera. But let's set the record straight on that, because that is a line you hear all over uh, the media, even in alternative media. It's a line that the United States has also all, has put forward, when they know very well there's more to it than just, quote unquote, street gangs out of control. Pierre Labossier. No, indeed. And uh, what Secretary Mallorca says as echoes for me personally of the 70s when um, there was a wave of Haitian refugees, and I want to stress the word refugees. Our people, our sisters and brothers were fleeing the country in boats however they could, and not just to the U.S., but to various islands of the Caribbean, to other countries of South America. And at that time, the U.S. government, the State Department, and various branches of the U.S. government were saying that things were normal in Haiti, that everything was well. This was the era of Papa Doc Duvalier and Baby Doc Duvalier, when the Tonton Macoutes, the precursors of uh, today's what they call gangs, who were really the death squads, the inheritors of that awful uh, policy that the Duvaliers and allied with the U.S. has been imposing on the people of Haiti. So those are the same, to me, that echoes to that very same terrible, those decades ago, when this was going on. And Haitians were being returned to the hell that the Duvaliers had made, um, had created in Haiti, using the same thing, denying people asylum claims and saying that all was well in Haiti. And these are economic refugees, knowing full well that when you have a dictatorial government in power that has been imposed on a population, that has the power of life and death over individuals, men, women, and children, entire families were dispossessed of their land, this, uh, killed outright. Members of families were killed just because you had a family member who was part of the opposition, just to make a, an example of you, you see, what they call collective punishment. Everyone knew that, yet the U.S. government was sending back Haitians into that inferno. So today, when we are looking at the situation, it's very much exactly what's happening today on the streets of Haiti. Margaret, we had gone to Haiti. We met with the survivors of massacres, uh, you and I. Uh, I believe also, well, definitely it was a delegation headed by Congresswoman Maxine Waters and uh, uh, actor and filmmaker Danny Glover was part of it with uh, attorney Walter Riley and Brian Concanon. And, uh, and we saw, we met with the survivors and they told us what was going on, the complicity of the Haitian police and how the pre the imposed president of Haiti, who has now, now been assassinated, 
Jovenel Moïse, how they had set up, and uh, under Martelly as well, his predecessor, how they had set up those so-called gangs who were actually the armed um, death squads of those governments and, and carrying out massive repression in communities that, that support Lavalas, in communities where people are standing up against the miserable living conditions, communities that are demanding services for themselves and their children. They are demanding school, proper, decent school, um, good cleaning water, clean drinking water, um, health care, all the things and jobs. They are demanding that services be provided, the services of their tax money. And they were being killed outright, and their homes burned because they were saying, we are human beings, we have rights, and we have to be respected. So the U.S. knows full well the situation. And to be sending plane loads of asylum, of refugees, asylum seekers, denying them even the opportunity to make a case and to adjudicate their claims for asylum and look at the situation, it's criminal. On top of that, we've had an earthquake, not only in 2010, which is still because of the money is being stolen and what have you, all the resources. Haiti is in terrible shape. Now we had, less than two months ago, another awful quake that shook the entire southern peninsula, where I'm from, particularly the city of Lekai. So amidst all of this devastation in the country, to be sending hundreds of people back and stepping up the... And, and we were hit by a hurricane two days later. It, it's criminal. It is criminal. The images are racist. They show exactly what's going on. And you know, Margaret, many times I've heard refugees... Um, because I do have done a lot of translation of refugees in the past and continue to do so. I've heard people tell me about things that happen on the high seas when they are caught and the mistreatment that they suffer. But nobody's there with a camera to record it. And so it's only their words which are easily dismissed as exaggerations. But this time on the border, people caught it on camera. They saw what was going on, and, and, and our brothers and sisters aren't exaggerating. They are telling the truth of the mistreatment of what's going on, the terror that's being inflicted on them, not only in Haiti, but also by people who pretend to be the greatest democracies of the world. This is what's happening. And it reminds me of um, what the police does when there is no camera around. Even when there is camera, we see them killing black people right here in the U.S., in the streets of the cities of the U.S. So uh, this time there was a camera to capture what our brothers and sisters, refugees, are saying, the mistreatment that they frequently encounter from these so-called law enforcement agencies. I would call them terror right, enforcement and agencies. Absolutely. And, and a lot of people are clearly drawing the line between 
um, these, uh, you know, men on horseback, uh, basically whipping uh, Haitians with the uh, days of, of slavery. And we know that there is that continuum of the devaluation of the lives of some of us, some of us. Now, uh, Nana Jumphy, who is the executive director of Black Alliance for Just Immigration, she was on the show uh, earlier this week, and she was contrasting what's happening with the Haitian, and I'm glad you're using the word refugees, because people say migrants and that, you know, anyway, it's people get very, very confused about what people are fleeing from and why they're coming to the United States. But she contrasted it with the treatment of um, people coming from Afghanistan. Now, people coming from Afghanistan, of course, should be welcomed, of course, should get support, given the devastation of their country with this 20-year uh, U.S. war. But what has been happening on the ground in Haiti isn't portrayed in that way. But since the Haitian Revolution of 1804, there has been a kind of war uh, that hasn't really been reported against the strugglers for uh, democracy and ensuring that Haiti remains impoverished and that um, Haitian workers can work for next to nothing by U.S. multi-corporations uh, to produce cheap goods uh, for uh, people here in the United States to uh, enjoy that uh, that kind of lifestyle. Uh, so uh, Pierre Leboisier, it just, I mean, that, that contrast, it seems to me, also makes sense. And additionally, the level of racism, anti-Black racism that Haitians have faced who had fled uh, to Chile uh, after the first earthquake, uh, other parts of uh, Central and Latin America, uh, is just unconscionable. And uh, now this particular situation at the border. Uh, Pierre Leboisier, your thoughts? Yes, you know, I'm glad you took it back in historical times and you mentioned the word democracy. Our foremothers and forefathers kidnapped from Africa, enslaved. They were fighting for democracy. They were saying, no, people cannot just take us over and work us to death, uh, depriving us of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But it's never portrayed that way. So they successfully rebelled and broke the back of this system of slavery. Now, coming forward to 1915, the U.S. invaded Haiti. Following that invasion and the massacre of over 20,000 Haitians, according by chroniclers of the day, people who chronicled a lot of this and wrote about it, this is when, in the aftermath of the U.S., uh, during the U.S. occupation of Haiti uh, from 1915 um, to 1934, and I'll come back to this, that's when the first wave of my, of, of, of flight of refugees started leaving Haiti, and they were being recruited to work in the sugarcane plantations of Cuba at that time before the revolution and the Dominican Republic. Now, it's said that the U.S. left Haiti in 1934, and it's some, but lately I've been thinking more, this has been an American century of domination, of oppression, of repression, and racism in terms of Haiti. Because the U.S., yes, the Marines showed that they left ostensibly in 1934. But when you look at it, it's a continuous occupation or domination, I should say, of Haiti. Because through the Haitian military that the U.S. Marines created, and by the way, those Marines were mostly recruited from the southern states of the U.S., 
1915, Woodrow Wilson, Jim Crow, uh, the terrible years of Jim Crow repression in the South. And so these people created a new Haitian military whose mission it was to continue in the wake of the Marines' departure in 1934 to continue the repression in Haiti. And the Duvaliers and all the governments since then have been imposed on the Haitian people by the United States. The domination has been there. So fast-forwarding to the present, in um, 2004, Haitians for the first time, um, not for the, they, they overthrew the dictatorship I'm talking about in, in the past, in, the recent, in recent times. They overthrew the d dictatorship of the Duvalier regime. 2004, we had a popularly, elect, popularly elected government of President Arisid, which for the first time was putting the priorities and the needs of the Haitian people f first and foremost, building schools, building hospitals, uh, providing clean drinking water, support for peasant farmers, supporting local agriculture, all of those things, putting the monies of the, the tax monies of the people to provide services for the people. The U.S. government came in with France and Canada. They plotted and led a coup d'etat and carried it out, a kidnapping coup against the people of Haiti, against democracy in Haiti. Since that time, We've had an occupation, which is now going to be 18 years old. That occupation has done nothing but massive repression in Haiti. It has brought uh, terrible, uh, miserable conditions, living conditions for the people of Haiti. And it has resulted in a massive, again, another massive outflow, flight from Haiti of men, women, and children. Their lands are being taken over. We were talking about the um, death squads earlier. This occupation has birthed the death squads of the Duvaliers, which had been gotten rid of by the people's movement. And now this occupation has brought them to the fore and supported dictators, provided them with money, with funds. Let me, let me do this one quote by, um, let me paraphrase this quote by Secretary, UN Secretary General Guterres, who, in talking about Jimmy Cherizier, the man known as Barbecue, notorious, notorious assassin and uh, death squad leader, he heads the Federation of Death Squad. He would be, we could compare him to Roberto Dabrisson, for people who know about uh, El Salvador. He is the same kind of, uh, of a fellow. Well, he has enjoyed, uh, Secretary General Antonio Guterres stated that where this death squad called the G9, that Federation of Death Squads, where they are, the rate of homicide has been reduced as if they are kind of peacemakers, so to speak, which is so outrageous. While he was making that statement in o last October 2020, the, this death squad was busy killing residents of Bel Air, while that statement was being made, and the Haitian police was busy attacking the university very close to Bel Air, where they killed uh, a student leader, Gregory Saint-Hilaire, and, uh, and all the students were fired upon and what have you. So we have to look at this, the reality on the ground, which is still going on, which is taking place today as we speak. And this is the inferno that the Biden administration is taking, is is 
forcibly putting our brothers and sisters, putting them back into. Yes, and, and Pierre, you drew a very, very good line about the role the United States has actually played since the Haitian uh, Revolution up until today, and the conditions on the ground that people are, uh, those who could, are fleeing from and now being returned into. Pierre, we just have a, a, a couple of minutes, but just uh, you talked about the, the, the violence and the threats, the political instability that people people are facing, uh, just the day-to-day -day life of, of, of folks, Pierre, of uh, we're, we're getting statistics that over 6 million of Haiti's population, 10.4 uh, million or 59% live below the national poverty line. And that's U.S. $2.41 a day. People who are listening, check that out. $2.41 a day. 24% fall below that amount, the national extreme poverty line, and that's U.S. Um, $1.23 uh, per day. Um, also, 50% of the population undernourished. One in five Haitian children malnourished. One in 10 Haitian children are acutely uh, malnourished. One in 14 will die before the age of five. I'm getting too upset, Pierre, to just continue uh, pointing this out. But these are the conditions that the Biden, on the ground in Haiti, that the Biden administration is saying it's perfectly reasonable to send thousands of Haitians who have fled these conditions, who are refugees uh, trying to save their lives and give their children uh, some hope back into. Just your final thoughts, uh, Pierre, and also um, let us know for people who want to find out more about your work, more about the Haiti uh, Action Committee and uh, the work of the Haiti Emergency Relief Fund, what they should do. Thank Pierre Lavoisier. Yes, uh, and I'll, be, I'll try to be quick about this. I want to highlight what happens to I've heard many of the sisters and brothers when they return to Haiti what they have stated. One of the things is that this trip, the misery that was imposed, that is imposed against the people of Haiti, have forced many of them to flee. And how they ended up in Brazil and Chile? It's because they, because of the repression, because of the terrible conditions imposed upon our people by this occupation in Haiti. People and uh, and following the earthquake. Brazil, many people sold whatever they had, their possessions. Many went into debt. It cost them 3500 to $4,000 to get to Brazil or Chile. And then from there, right after where they were needed to work in, in, uh, with low wages to build um, the Olympic Stadium and other things. So when there was a downturn in the economy, the Haitians were never really secure uh, in Brazil. And they had to they had to leave, and everywhere they they didn't encounter welcome with open arms. So it took them a lot of money to make that crossing from Brazil and Chile, all the way coming to the U.S. border. Now some of them have described how they are the guides are taking all their money. Then many times they drop them someplace they don't know. Then they have they encounter thieves and people who hijack them, get their money, rape the women. It's horrendous. The whole trip from Brazil and Chile all the way to the border where they encounter God, all kinds of terror, and I know time is short, but then to end up 
uh, one of them, two of them have described how when they were put on the plane, some of them, their possessions were taken away from them in Texas, and they were put on the plane and dropped into Haiti with nothing, with nothing. They were promised $100, and I heard that from Radio Timon, $100 or 10,000 Haitian goods. The first plane load only got 5,000 goods. And uh, the second, the second, um, on the second day, it was stated that they only got 1,000 goods. And so instead of the 10,000 goods promised, well, all their belongings were taken from them. The conditions that they faced in the Texas jail themselves were horrendous. One of them showed a little plastic sheet. That's all that was given to them and to this particular individual. He said that on, on, on a um, podcast. And they had to, the, the room was freezing where they put them. And so that same individual said he spent six days without, with the same clothes he had on, all of the clothing he had, everything was taken from him, and uh, didn't brush his teeth, didn't bathe for six days, and then was dropped into, in Haiti's um, Port-au-Prince airport. So this is, I wanted to bring that out in terms of the mistreatment. In addition to all the weeping and all of that, this is how people are being mistreated by the Biden administration. This is horrific. Yes, and, and absolutely. And Pierre, where can people get information about the Haiti Action Committee? Yes, HaitiSolidarity.net. That's our website. HaitiSolidarity.net um, is the right. website of the Haiti Action Committee. So thank you. I want to thank um, the audience for their support. I want to thank you, Margaret, for your support. We have to keep telling the story. And um, please use the term refugees because our people are refugees and this other mal stuff. And, and I wish every organization that takes a stand at what's going on on the border, please to look at the situation inside Haiti where the masses of our people are rising up trying to change this horrific system that the U.S., France, Canada, and Brazil have been leading this occupation and imposing these miserable, these atrocious conditions of, of, against on our people, which is driving, making our people evading. So, yes, be outraged at what's going on in the border. We must, but we must also carry our outrage as to the policies that the U.S. is imposing on the people inside Haiti that's creating this hell. Absolutely, and a point very, very well made because we can't be outraged about what's happening at the border and not pay attention to the conditions on the ground in Haiti that help to create uh, that uh, crisis that's happening at the border. Pierre Labossier, thank you so very much for all of your work and dedication and taking the time to join us today. Thank you. Thank you, Mom. All righty.